Starting today and for the next six weeks, John and I will be doing a sermon series we're calling Wisdom for Life. Wisdom for Life. This sermon series will explore some key teachings from the Proverbs and is guided by uh, this book uh, called Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Life and Love. It's written by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, who's a Christian and a psychologist. And if you're familiar with the book Boundaries that uh, was a New York Times bestseller a couple, couple decades ago, he's the author of that also. Uh, this book, which was published in 2004, uh, captures Dr. Cloud's observations gleaned over many years of clinical practice of nine behaviors followed by successful people and success as they defined it, people who were fully present to the world and put themselves out there and saw the fruits of their labors flourish. Perhaps not surprisingly, those nine behaviors are also commended in the biblical book of Proverbs, a collection of wisdom sayings developed over centuries and written more than 2,500 years ago. Wisdom is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. We hear a lot about intelligence, uh, but wisdom is not talked about quite as much. Wisdom is a little harder to define. You know it when you see it. It's like judgment, good judgment. And it assumes that there are spiritual laws at work in human life and society which, though unseen, are nevertheless real. The proverb which we're considering today is 423. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. That's in the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, of course, it was written originally in Hebrew. And so it's so short, I want to pull out some other translations, just a couple, so you can get a, a few of the different nuances. From the New International Version, it would be, above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And the Christian English, or the contemporary English version, carefully guard your thoughts, because they are the source of true life. Most of the translators use the word heart, guard your heart, carefully guard your heart, keep your heart. And what does the writer mean by heart? Well, the passions, the dreams, the talents, the innate abilities, the things that make a person tick. Successful people name, identify, attend to, honor and cultivate with care and persistence the things that give them joy and all the truths that their hearts yield. And in this way, they begin to make their mark in the world. Jesus' parable of the pounds in Luke's gospel suggests that successful disciples also keep their hearts with vigilance. It's a story that is 
uh, also told in, in Matthew's gospel, just uh, slightly differently. Uh, Luke's gospel, uh, it seemed like a fairly harsh, harsh teaching in some ways, didn't it? Uh, sometimes the uh, King Avenue players add a little extra drama and, and make it heightened, but, but this uh, was word for word from the translation, and it was pretty dramatic. Jesus is telling a story to make a strong point. So I just want to go back to it quickly. Uh, two, so this is a Jesus is talking about someone who's going away to receive power and authority. Now, clearly, the, the church is, uh, he's talking a little bit about his own uh, departure and and what are the disciples to do in the meantime? We, we're pretty sure that, that the, the disciples have interpreted Jesus' word in this way. So he's going away and coming back. And in the meantime, the disciples these, or these slaves in the household have been given uh, 10 pounds. Uh, it doesn't say anything in this one about uh, how much they're given. It sounds like they may all be given the same amount. Um, and two of them uh, take what they've been given uh, which is not just a thing, but which is also the trust of their master. And think about it, they then have to take that and decide, what do I have to add to this? What do I have to enhance the use of what's been trusted to me? What do I see in the world? that could be changed or made better? What can I offer people? What can my talents and creativities add to this? And each of them makes a choice and directs that. We don't learn the details about that, but we see I'm doing that. They have a yield, a return from that. And then it tells the story of the one person that also receives a trusted gift into his care and who wraps it up and buries it. Now, on first showing, you might say, well, that person guarded his treasure the best of anyone, didn't risk anything, just made sure it stayed intact. But clearly, Jesus is not favoring this outcome. So, what is it that this one did not do? This one did not take the gift as a trust in them. They did not add their own ideas, talents, vision, desire to what was given to them. They didn't risk and have courage to put something out and try putting themselves out there. And Jesus' teaching that, well, the one that buries doesn't even get to keep the thing they buried is pretty severe. But I think Jesus is trying to say what we have inside of us is so important, treasure it, use it, trust. I've trusted you, trust back. So uh, Dr. Cloud 
talks about this first principle, and he calls it dig it up. And by dig it up, he means keep your heart with vigilance, means excavate your soul. Examine what it is that you have inside of you. It is important. God cares about what's going on in your heart and wants you to put it out for the world to share. It's interesting to me, because we were in the new member class just talking about rehearsing you know, the beginnings of the Wesleyan movement. It's interesting to me that in, in John Wesley's development of spreading the gospel across England, he calls people into small groups together. What's the one thing they always are to ask each other? How is it with your soul? Excavate your heart. What's going on inside there? Are you numb? Are you bitter? Are you in despair? Where's your joy? Now, of course, these parables are rather short. Jesus doesn't go into any great length about why it is that someone might hide their treasure instead of investing it and putting it out and adding their gifts to it. But it does seem that uh, this uh, person who's hid their treasure away thinks the world is a scary and judgmental place. And it's true that people can can be shut down in the treasures of their hearts by the way others have failed to encourage them or have actively discouraged them. One of the things that uh, I discover when, uh, as a parent, but also I'm remembering and recalling again as we go over to Hubbard to work with the children, is that not all of the children uh, learn the same way. And you can tell when you're uh, hitting an area of interest with a child or you're using a method that captures their own learning style. They kind of light up and they get engaged. And I'm taking it as my challenge uh, to try to figure out with each kid in the short amount of time that we have how I can present material that will light them up and get them engaged. It's something I love to do more than anything else, and sometimes it's a challenge to find it for that child. But encouragement and finding the thing that gives a child joy is one of the ways that we encourage people to honor their hearts and their treasures. So uh, I always want the, the child in Sunday school who is uh, the active learner who would rather um, be building blocks and figuring out how to build them and knock them down. I don't want them to be discouraged. Their joy is a significant spiritual gift. We just need to find a way to make those block builders build their blocks for the kingdom. But people do have experiences that sometimes 
make them doubt their gifts, their giftedness, that beat them down. Prejudice can do that. Poor role models, bad nurture. And yet God says, what you have there is significant. Now later on in the uh, series, we talk more about uh, what to do with uh, painful experiences. But I will say this, uh, Dr. Cloud insists that everything that is in our heart is to be excavated and offered as part of what we give back to the world. Uh, how many of you took note of the beautiful transformation of the sanctuary over Christmas by the uh, decorations, uh, the wreaths, the trees that were lighting up every place? It, it, uh, it, made, the, it made the magic, the mystery of Christmas uh, come alive. We walk in and, oh, yes. Now, I don't know if you know this, but that beautiful uh, sanctuary was, was conceived uh, and decorated with many hands, but conceived by Kurt Reichert. And um, this year, there was a slip of paper that came in the bulletin that dedicated the beauty of the sanctuary and memory of their beautiful, radiant daughter, Becca. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I can hardly imagine anything that would be more painful than losing a beautiful child, one who was in the prime of life as Kurt and Janet lost Becca. That could have been something that would have turned anyone's heart numb, bitter, just wanting to shut the world out. But Kurt and Janet, each in their own way, by scholarships, by a beautiful Christmas tree in their home that has pictures of Becca, by this public act of making the sanctuary beautiful and honoring her memory, they have excavated even the painful things in their hearts and turned it into something that is beautiful and good. And, and not dealing with painful things, just shutting out what's painful, we often shut out the things that are good in our past and our beginnings too. So excavate what's in your heart and follow and honor your dreams. Now, there, are, uh, I, I would commend getting the book because he says a lot more great stuff in, in the chapter and throughout the book than I'll be able to, to capture in, in this message or even in subsequent ones, both of us. And uh, I, I hasten to add, he doesn't say follow your dreams and I not that you're going to do this, but don't leave this service and go sell everything you have and buy a, try to buy an island in the Bahamas, okay? Make sure you consult with some other people before you do that. Pray about it, deliberate, 
there's much more that can be said about how you go about excavating your heart. But I think it's significant just to know that God honors everything that's inside of us as potentially spiritually significant and the way we are encouraged to be out in the world. I want to share a, a quote from W.H. Auden that Cloud uses, which I, um, as someone who's a little bit ADHD and attention challenged, found helpful. It says, to pay attention to this and ignore that is to the inner life what choice of action is to the outer. To pay attention to this and ignore that is to the inner life, what choice of action is to the outer. In both cases, a person is responsible for his choice and must accept the consequences, whatever they may be. So our choice of what we attend to inside of us is part of what we live with and project into the outside world. He says, the invisible world is always where the visible world originates. One final qualification about the, the dream, uh, following your dreams, and uh, the difference between burying your dream and deferring a dream. Uh, when I was a little girl, my mother never <clears throat> had to tell me to practice the piano. Uh, she probably wouldn't have remembered to because there were so many of us doing so many different things, but she never had to because I loved playing the piano. I just loved it. I couldn't stand to be away from it. It gave me deep joy and probably filled needs I can't even name. I hardly ever play the piano now. I don't have time. I have other things that are more important for me to be doing part of which is helping other people realize their dreams, my children still, and my mother. But I have not forgotten about that joy. And I have plans to pull it back out. When I retire, one of my dreams is to give free piano lessons to children whose parents can't afford them and to partner with some churches and other places that have pianos available where children can come and practice them. Because I want to reconnect with two of my joys at the same time. And a few years before I retire, I'm going to have to start studying pedagogy so that I know what it is to be a piano teacher as opposed to a piano player. But I will prepare. So I have not forgotten that dream. It's just not the time right now to follow it. It's something sometimes we make a sacrifice to hold off on what's important to us so that we can do things that are more important and for others. Today, when we remember the baptism of our Lord, we are remembering what God has put in us and how God values it. 
uh, said, the invisible world is where everything in the visible world originates. An idea, a thought, a passion, a desire inside our hearts. In baptism, we celebrate the invisible mark that is our assurance that we are beloved children of God, that God has invested in us, that we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. When we celebrate our baptism, we remember Jesus hearing God's words, this is my beloved son, with him I'm well pleased. And we know by faith that God speaking those words to us as we remember our baptism. So I invite you to celebrate all that is in your heart that God has purposed for you as we come and celebrate our baptisms. Amen.